Storywise would end season two, episode four. Welcome to Storywise Would End. True stories told live in Wood End in the Macedon Ranges, 70 kilometres north of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Welcome back to another episode of Storywise Would End. My name's Kate Lawrence. Oh, I have to say, things have been very, very exciting around these parts in the last week because on Monday, a woman's body was found in the bush not too far from where I live. And tragic as that is, we're all abuzz with different information and stories and theories and everyone's got an opinion on it and yeah I remember things like my friend and I saw a mysterious car I'm I'm not sure when but it was quite suspicious it was in the bush and it wasn't where a car should be it was kind of off the track and we approached the vehicle and and my friend can't remember the car at all I I can remember going round the vehicle and then and then I'm not sure what happened, whether we just decided there wasn't someone who had committed suicide, which was what we thought, you know, that was our worst nightmare. And then later we saw the car drive off. So so then on, on the TV there was them saying police are appealing to walkers in the area who've seen anything suspicious like a car. And so I'm thinking, oh, what about the car? But I decided that yeah, I couldn't really go to the police with that level of information. So we went back yesterday and had a look and kind of found where I thought, you know, the car was. And then we went down into the bush and there was nothing related to the woman who died. But there was a fairly light, like the size of a, maybe a a decent sized bathroom area that was fenced off in the middle of all these trees and bushes. They'd used the trees as the corners of this space. It was a square was chicken wire all around and it had been abandoned because a tree had fallen down and we could get into the area. Initially I'm thinking, oh, you know, maybe it's a wild, like someone trying to capture wild animals because there were these digging holes that looked like an echidna. But then I realised that the holes, there was a series of these holes, so ten holes I counted in two rows of two and I don't think they'd planted anything there because they didn't use the whole space and there wasn't any kind of other dirt but anyway, so that was, that was I was really happy with my sleuthing that I had solved the mystery of the mysterious car. Not at all helpful for the police, but it has been quite an, quite an event. All the kids are talking about it at school and my son has different questions every day. The other thing I'm sure happened, I walked up that road in the last six months with my dogs and my son says this is overactive imagination, but I'm positive that my dogs disappeared uh, into the bush, which isn't unusual. But what is unusual is that the little dog was gone for a really long time. The older, bigger dog goes away for ages, doesn't come back. and But she went for, for long enough that I noticed and it would have been exactly where it was. And I thought they must have found something, but I didn't go and investigate. Anyway, interesting, interesting event to happen. When they say on the telly, police are appealing to, never once has that ever been me. But this time it was.
So before we get started, I'd like to give a shout out to a listener. I feel very professional saying that. But in fact, this shout out is actually the reason that there is a podcast this particular week because I have had a very busy week and I'm flying by the seat of my pants only producing a podcast in the week that it's due to be released, not having 10 all lined up, which I'd prefer. But I, and I'd forgotten really about the podcast. There were so many other things on my plate. And then I just have uh, been advertising the next Storywise Would End, which is coming up. And I went on, there was a, someone had commented and it was a listener, a listener um, called Esther. And she said that she had been enjoying the podcast and that both season one and season two and suggested that people, well, she said it's on iTunes if people are interested. So that was lovely. And, and then I suddenly realized that Esther would be expecting a, a, a podcast tomorrow and how could I disappoint Esther so thank you it was a nice little sign from the universe to me to actually do the podcast to say you know people are listening so thanks Esther which leads me into just mentioning when the next Storywise would end the actual true live event is and it's coming up the first one for 2017 on the 3rd of March and the theme for the night is chances and the description or the 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 prompts for people who might want to tell a story from that theme is take a chance and tell a tale about a chance encounter the luck of the draw or a lucky break tell us how serendipity smiled you took your chances you ran a risk you were in with a chance the dice rolled your way or your fate rested on the toss of a coin so hoping to see lots of people coming to tell and listen and kick us off to a really warm and wonderful start to this year of storytelling in Woodend. On with the story. We have the wonderful Peter Fernan, who is a very experienced and lovely storyteller from Trentham, which is about 20 minutes drive, maybe 15 minutes from Woodend. And he's a regular at Storywise Woodend. And the theme of the night in April 2016 was tricks. Here's Peter. In 1983, I went to study acting at the Q Theatre in Penrith. Now, the Q Theatre and Penrith also, are the place where the working class western suburbs of Sydney meet the trendy hippie world of the Blue Mountains. And it's an it's a, a interesting, diverse sort of place. And the, the, the people in the course were very interesting and diverse too. There was local kids out of school. There was a, there was a, a, a used car salesman. There was a butcher. There was a, an older woman who was a strong feminist and had been involved in black politics in Africa and the West Indies and New Guinea and, and there in Sydney in, in Aboriginal politics. And there was Glenn Michael... Now, Glenn Michael wasn't his given name. He had rejected his given name because his Christian family had rejected him because he was gay. And he was very bright. He could sing. He could dance. He was charming. He was a big personality. He was the most 
out there gay man that I'd ever met. And um, the, the guy who was running the course was Richard, and he was a very inspiring teacher, and I, I, he, I still feel inspired by him. And, but his, his, the concept that he was trying to get across to us in acting school was that of commitment. It was a difficult course because it wasn't funded and so it had to run on weekends and in evenings. And he wanted maximum commitment. You know, it didn't matter what had happened before. If you were hungover, whatever was mess was going on in your life, when you were in the class, you gave everything of yourself and you didn't get there late and you didn't not turn up. And if you were going to die, you were going to die. And if you were going to be in love, you had to dig deep inside yourself and find what it meant. And it, it, was, it became the sort of the, the, the chief criterion by which we judge things, you know. It was a rather, it wasn't a very sophisticated style of acting. It was a bit sort of cabaretish, but it was fast and committed. And, um, you know, it was, oh, gee, that was so committed. I wasn't, wasn't as committed as last time. I am committed. I'll prove it then. Glenn Michael worked in the the local travel agent in Penrith and he had persuaded his boss, he was a very persuasive person, to give him a bus to go round all the other uh, travel agents up in the Blue Mountains and in the West um, to gather together people from the industry and they were all going to go into town to see a show, which was, in this case, Return of the Jedi. And then afterwards, they'd have a little meeting and drinkies and they would talk travel agent stuff. And his um, challenge to us, or to a, a small group of us, was to pretend to be travel agents and get on the bus and, uh, and go and be travel agents for, um, uh, you know, a couple of hours. And... Um, I personally found the whole idea utterly terrifying, but, you know, he said, it's, it's a scam. But, look, everything's a scam, you know? What I'm on about is a scam. What you're on about is a scam. Acting is a scam. You've just got to be committed. You know, and, and I wasn't going to have anybody saying that I wasn't committed. <laughs> and so, on the bus I got with another pretend travel agent and the journey into town wasn't too bad because I sat with the pretend travel agent and talked in a very sort of loud and cheerful way as you know travel agents do as uh, Glenn Michael walked up and down the bus handing out champagne and nice nibbly things and being very charming and hyping us all up and um and then, then we got into town and we went and saw Return of the Jedi, which, you know, was all right, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great experience. I would have enjoyed it more had I not been pretending to be a, a travel agent. Um, but then there was a gathering afterwards, you know, in a, in a little room where we were all having more champagne and nibblies and talked about travel agency sort of things. And I played it being a very snobbish travel agent who only wanted to talk to the people I worked with, my other pretend travel agent, and a very shy travel agent who didn't want to talk to anybody at all. But they were very persistent, these travel agent people, and they wanted to talk about travel agent stuff. 
And so I had to rush off to the toilet. I had to run outside and buy a packet of cigarettes and eventually managed to get through this hour and a half. And on the bus home, once again, I was with a pretend travel agent. And it was all right. Nobody gave the game away. If there was a weak link, it was probably me. And it was probably me because I absolutely hated every moment of it. I, I hate false positions. I hate being in a false position in front of people. And I never thought that acting had anything to do with false positions. No, nobody who's, who's being Henry V is trying to tell you that he's really Henry V. He's playing Henry V with all his instinct and, and, and knowledge and understanding of the world. And, and the only thing that convinces you uh, and, and makes him a good actor is the truth of what he's saying. Any falsehood is a weakness in the performance. But just about everything else in life can be a scam. Our relationships with other people the role we play in society, even our deeply held beliefs, especially our deeply held beliefs. And although I don't think everything we do is a scam, it's always there, just over your shoulder, and it's a very difficult idea to get away from. Thank you. Thanks for listening to StoryWise Would End. If you want to know more about StoryWise or me, Kate Lawrence, then head over to storywise.com.au. And remember, your stories matter.